What's up, everybody? This is Joshua's wife, Janice Edwards, coming to you live from Joshua Gaming Area. Hey. How you stop this pause? What's up, everybody? It's your boy Joshua Edwards, live from live from my very own game room. We are on air for episode 47 of Joshua's Proximity. A lot of you guys haven't heard the, the new and important news. Me and my wife are pregnant. Yes, we are pregnant. We don't know the gender just yet. We are hoping for a boy. She's going a little bit towards the girl. Um, but, you know, I, I'm always rooting for the boy. The most important thing that we just both want is a healthy baby. We don't care if it's a... You hear in the background uh, doing a little AKA ski-wee. And, you know, yo, baby, yo, big noops over here. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into episode 47 of Josh's Proximity. It, this is a new episode. It's been a couple weeks, man. This is actually a, a Monday episode. You guys know I normally do my episodes on Tuesdays, but it's been so much going on in the sports world that I had to talk tonight about just some of the recent activities within the sports world. Yeah, you got to turn it off. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Deion Sanders is universally regarded as the best cornerback to ever play in the National Football League. To some people, he's universally regarded as the greatest defensive back ever, period. Safety corner, slot corner. A lot of people have him as the greatest to ever do it in the secondary. But that's not why we're talking about Deion Sanders on this episode. We're talking about him accepting the new head coaching position at Colorado University. Now, there have been a lot of people on social media scrutinizing, criticizing Deion Sanders. People are calling him a sellout. People are calling him Uncle Tom. And this is what you get whenever you're trying to move up a lot of the times within the black community. For some reason, we have the crab in the barrel mentality when it comes to black people. Why is it that we can't see other people grow, go up and elevate. Why does somebody have to shoulder the blame or shoulder the responsibility of our race? Deion Sanders was went to Jackson State, the head coach. He transformed that program around incredibly. Jackson State University. Um, they're, they're undefeated currently in the SWAT. They're SWAT champions. They're going to play for the HBCU National championship if I'm not mistaken within the next couple of weeks and people are criticizing him for accepting a new position at a new university that could create more opportunities for his assistant coaches that is going to bring more money to the assistant coaches that is going to elevate that entire university who was who just came off of a 1-11 season and people want Deion Sanders to stay stuck at an HBCU. And I have no, I have no clue. I can't even get the words. I don't have no reason, no clue why these people want, my community want Deion Sanders to stay at an HBCU. He is not Jesus Christ. He is not supposed to be saving a, a, a multitude of people. Now, if you're talking about on a spiritual level, and, you know, you, whatever, uh, then, you know, leading people to Christ and that stuff, then obviously you would look at him in that light. But trying to save a community or trying to save HBUC, 
HBCU sports in general was never his his protocol, never his agenda, and it should have never been pushed on by him. People have set an expectation. People have set a set of standards on Deion Sanders that he did not ask for and that he shouldn't be uh, carried or shouldn't be taxed or charged to carry in general. No man should be forced to shoulder the entire race issue within black colleges. We all know the race issues when it comes to leadership in HBCU, financial aid, housing, resources, uh, education. The list can go on and on. Deion Sanders was was listed some of the frustrations, the facilities, uh, using his own money to build up the facilities at Jackson State University. And there's so many other issues that we could go on and on. Shaw University, we was downstairs in the basement lifting weights up under the men's dorm. There are a multitude of issues when it goes to the HBCU community. But please do not set your expectations on Deion Sanders or any other pro football Hall of Famer that comes back and coach at the the black college level. Don't do that. You're going to be disappointed every single time. He should not have the expectation to carry or lift up an entire black community because he shouldn't have to. That starts within the own black community ourselves, man. Like, Shaw University, for an example. Why is Shaw University costing over 50-something thousand dollars? Why is it even a private institution to begin with? It's it's over, what, a little under a, a mile, a, a, a block radius, the entire campus, and they're charging over 50-plus thousand a year? Like, these are real-life issues at black colleges, Why does it take so long to students get into financial aid? Why does it take so long for students to get their their FAFSA approved? Why does it take so long to get their their grants, their pills, their scholarships in the black community at these black schools? It does not make sense to me. And it shouldn't make sense to you either. Um, I'm I'm excited for Deion Sanders taking a new head coaching position at Colorado, man. This is what we are designed to do within the black community. We're, we're going to start, you know, we all know the, 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 the racial issues or just how hard it is sometimes to get into certain positions, starting at the bottom, working our way up, and bringing people along with us. We are not supposed to stay stuck at the same position. That is the loser mentality that we have in the black community, and it is an issue. We are not supposed to be stuck. Don't get stuck. Why do people want him to be stuck at a black college? No. Continue to grow. Continue to elevate. Continue to raise others up around you. He's bringing up his own uh, black coaches to, um, to coach at this next level. Some of these guys are going to get head coaching positions at other Pac-12 schools, other SEC schools, other Big Ten schools, you guys, a lot of you guys are small-minded. And a lot of people are talking about um, he's supposed to elevate. Uh, he could have did this. I would have liked to see him, um, you know, bring other recruits, wait till his other recruits graduated. 
Okay, so if he waits to Travis Hunter and them guys go into the league, when is the time that he needs to leave the HBCU? When he's when he's 80 years old? People are mad are literally mad at uh Deion Sanders for not sticking around at the bottom. We got to get out of this crab in the barrel mentality, man. Deion Sanders and anybody that's listening to this episode, you need to elevate. Do you still stay in the same home that you grew up in? Do you still wear the same shoe size that you wore when you was 10 years old? No. You are not designed to be stuck in one place all the time. That's just not how life works, man. And, and if you're a black man, black person, and you want this guy to be stuck, shame on you. Shame on you. I don't look at Deion Sanders as a savior to, to the black institution, and he shouldn't. And that's just my thoughts on it, man. So let's go ahead and just change into uh, just the NFL, man. Let's talk some sports outside of this situation. Deion Sanders, keep leveling, leveling up, baby. Since we're talking about saving and everything, man, these games from the past, this past week were incredible. I mean, we saw the the Cowboys do a number on the Indianapolis Colts. I'm tired of, there are a couple teams right now that do not need primetime games anymore the rest of this year. The Indianapolis Colts, the Denver Broncos, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. These three teams don't need to see another primetime game the rest of the year. The Indianapolis Colts are horrible. That experiment with Matt Ryan is a S show, a SH show. It's terrible. It's really bad out there in Indianapolis. Russell Wilson, I'm not going to say you're cooked just yet, but man, you're looking just as bad, if not worse, then Matt Ryan, as we are currently talking, and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're just all-time bad. Brady should have retired last year. His age is starting to show, and it's really all over his face after each press conference, after a game, and that's just really it. But, man, let, let's go ahead and talk about my MVP race. Right now, I think the number one player right now, for the front-runner for the MVP has to be Jalen Hurts, man. Um, after what he just did at Tennessee, after the, um, after the, who who just laid an egg? The Kansas City Chiefs, not yeah. After Patrick Mahomes laid an egg against the Bengals, and Tua Tagovailoa folded against the 49ers. Right now, it's a Jalen. It's Jalen Hurts to lose. Jalen Hurts number one, Patrick Mahomes number two, and at the third position for the MVP race, I'm going to say Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow slash Tua Tagovailoa in that third spot. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the most important thing. You guys know what time it is. It is my NFL hierarchy. It is on a Monday, and I got to go ahead and reveal my top 10 teams. I'm going to drop it on IG on tomorrow, but let's go ahead and let's ride. Number 10, the Tennessee Titans. When you look at this team, I understand that they just got their, their asses kicked to by the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're still a really good football team. They got to find a way to get Derrick Henry involved. They got to find a way to establish the run game. Because if you think Ryan Tannehill is going to lead you to a win in the playoffs or even, hell, a win regular season, good luck. <laughs> Number 10, the Tennessee Titans. Number 9, New York Jets. Nice football team. 
came back. They should have beat the Minnesota Vikings. Mike White has to do better within the first half instead of putting up numbers crazy in the second half. Number nine, New York Jets. Number eight, I'm going to Minnesota Vikings. This team has an issue defensively. They can't stop anybody defensively. I don't care. This team right now is not a team that has the recipe to win an NFC championship, really win going deep into the playoffs. Number eight, the Minnesota Vikings. Number seven, the uh, <clears throat> Miami Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa struggled against the 49ers, which we all kind of expected, but this team will bounce back. He has an ankle injury. hope it's nothing too serious for fantasy purposes. Number seven, Miami Dolphins. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. They're still missing Von Miller. They might get OBJ within the next coming weeks. This team, they're still, they're still a hot team. Number six, the Buffalo Bills. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. If for some reason, they just cannot beat the Cincinnati Bengals, man. The only reason why they dropped so far is because I just think, quite frankly, these other teams right now are just playing better ball and right now are just better teams than they are currently. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Number four, the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this team just took a huge hit with the loss of Jimmy G. I do not expect them to go to the, to the Super Bowl, to the NFC Championship. Jimmy G, as much as people want to say, he was a winner, a flat-out winner, and he wins. When he wins, he wins big, man. Uh, number four, San Francisco 49ers. Number three, Dallas Cowboys. This team is complete. Um, now, what Cowboys are we going to see? They're very inconsistent, but they're complete. Are we going to see the CD that we saw yesterday? Are we going to see the Dak that we saw yesterday? To me, Dak Prescott is just a black Derek Carr. He has swag. He's just not going to get the job done, and that's okay. Uh, I think that the, they're capped off at the divisional round with Dak Prescott, maybe an NFC Championship game. But if their defense continues to play like they're playing, you can see this team in the Super Bowl. Number three, Dallas Cowboys. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. This team is for real. After what I'm seeing, they are hot. Joe Burrow is on fire. This team is starting to heat up like they did last year. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. I try to deny them. I can't really find a weakness right now, man. Uh, they stopped the run yesterday against Derrick Henry. If they're going to stop the run like that, all day, every day, every week, this team will win the Super Bowl. Number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Ten, the Titans. Nine, the Jets. Eight, the Vikings. Seven, Dolphins. Six, the Bills. Five, the Chiefs. Four, the 49ers. Three, the Cowboys. Two, the Bengals. And number one, Philadelphia Eagles. And to close this episode like we normally do each and every week, let's go ahead and reveal my picks for the week. Raiders versus Rams. Give me the Raiders. Vikings versus Lions. You're going to see an upset this week. I'm going with the Detroit Lions. Ravens versus Steelers. Give me the Steelers in this matchup. Browns, Bengals, Bengals. Jets versus the Bills. Give me the Bills. Texans versus Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, hold on now. I don't got the Texans versus Cowboys. I think it's Texans maybe versus Colts. Hmm. Let me come back on that. I don't know what that's about. Um, Jags versus Titans, give me the Titans. Chiefs versus Broncos, give me the Chiefs. Panthers versus Seahawks, the Panthers still have a shot at winning the NFC South. Give me the Panthers. Dolphins versus Chargers, give me the Chargers in this matchup. Bucks, 49ers, 49ers, 
And the Monday night game, Patriots versus Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals. Um, Josh's Proximity, episode 47. We out.